Hey there, and welcome to Heal with Grace. I'm your host, Grace Secker, and I'm a holistic licensed therapist and nervous system coach who believes that the chronic and often unseen symptoms you're living with are a sign of something deeper going on, a sign that your nervous system needs attention. In each episode, I'll share the science behind the most common chronic health disorders, plus holistic health tips using mental, physical, and spiritual practices. You'll hear what I've learned in my journey and the true stories from our trusted guests so you can feel less alone in your experience and give yourself grace no matter what you're going through. So without further ado, settle in and get cozy. It's time to heal with grace. Welcome back to the Heal with Grace podcast. I have a very special guest, Sydney. She has agreed to come on as a past client and someone that I've worked with for a while now who's made a really amazing progress in her mental and physical health. And so I'm just going to introduce her now. And hi, Sydney. Thanks for coming. Hi, Grace. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. I am also super nervous. So I'm just letting everyone know I'm going to talk about it so I can hopefully just move past it. So I'm Sydney. I currently live in Austin, Texas. I'm originally from Long Island, New York, and I live here with my two cats and and my husband. I work in healthcare by day and the scientific research community. And what a lot of people don't know about me is that I'm also really interested in like the esoteric world. So over the years, I've gotten training in energy healing and energy medicine and also yoga teacher training. So that's what I'm currently doing these days. And the yoga teacher training is actually, I think that's where we first connected, right? I think that's where you first found me. It is actually, because I believe you got your yoga therapy license through them and I had seen you on their social media and that's how I found you. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I love that you, you have such an interest in science and research and you're bringing kind of both worlds together, right? Of that. And then all of your healing modalities and what's, what's helped you heal. So then what drew you first to working with me? Uh, what were you struggling with? And why did you want to work in this type of kind of mind-body way? Sure. So I think that I've always been, I've always been attracted to the healthcare field, but I realized that in Western medicine, there is something missing there. And it's that holistic piece. And that's what you offer in your in your therapy services. And that's one of the reasons why I was so attracted to like what you offered was because you serve the entire human and not just like one aspect. And, you know, at the time I was dealing with burnout, I had what I refer to as chronic fatigue or MECFS. And I only knew that because I was working in the field at the time. And in the MECFS long COVID chronic fatigue field, it's pretty at the moment, you know, there's no findings that are pointing to a cure. So when I was going through this journey, I was pretty hopeless. I didn't think that, you know, I'd ever have no symptoms again. I never thought that I would just be like baseline again. I just sort of assumed that for the rest of my life, I would be dealing with waves of symptoms. And so when I came across you through my vinyasa practice, I think you had shared your own story with healing through chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, very similar things to what I was dealing with. And so I think just, you know, Seeing that connection there, how you healed yourself and 
Also, I love the videos of you dancing like ecstatically in your living room. I was just like, yes, this is my girl. That all I think was just the, you know, the pieces I needed to, to begin working with someone. Do you know what started some of your symptoms? Like what were the precursors? Do you have an understanding now of how it came about? Like, yes, there, yes and no, I want to say. So my symptoms started my sophomore year of college when I got Epstein-Barr virus or mono. I was in bed for like a month. And I just recall after that having insane fatigue. The pain didn't start then. I would say the pain started more so when I was living in New York City after graduation from college. And I was working in a high stress environment. There was a lot. It was a toxic work environment for sure. And there was a lot of shame that I was experiencing myself from not being able to work to their expectations in a sense. And so from our work together, I now recognize that a lot of the symptoms that I was feeling was the shame in my body, like the shame cycles that I was going through and putting myself through this form of like perfectionism that I never realized I had. That was really interesting because for most people that know me, they would never, ever, ever describe me as a perfectionist. And I think from looking at me from the outside, you would never say that. But from internally looking in, I, I definitely see it now. It makes a lot of sense. I want to touch on a couple things here. I want to back up first to, I mean, the fact that you were literally working in this field and researching ME CFS, right? And you actually have a, there's a lot of people that start, that have symptoms starting after used to be a lot of EBV, Epstein-Barr virus, mono. Now we're seeing a lot of it post-COVID, right? So long COVID. So there are a lot of people, that's why I ask, because people listening to this will resonate with that and recognize that's how their symptoms um, kind of started as well or just lingered after they had something happen, right? I think it's important for everyone in this community to know your symptoms are not like they are real manifestations of a disease. In the research field, we are seeing clear manifestations of illness in the body. There's dysbiosis in the gut microbiome, in the metabolome, in the, you know, the way that energy is produced in the body. So there are physical manifestations of this illness that are showing up. So it's not just all in your head. And I think a lot of people have been told that. And It's really fascinating for me who had gone through this because I'm a scientist at heart. I completely believe the community when they were saying, you know, people have been telling us it's all in our head. It's not all in our head. It's not psychosomatic. But when you think about how stress impacts the body, we know that stress causes illness. So it's like, why wouldn't this stress be causing clear manifestations of illness in the body? So I just think it's all fascinating how everything sort of like came up for me. (laughs) Thank you so much for saying that. It is so true. And it's really helpful to hear from someone who literally is seeing that research in science, because yes, it is like truly you're having physical symptoms, physical manifestations of stress. We can say that a little more simplistically, but for more of what you said, what's happening in the body is really happening. Um, And so you're right. We've been told, a lot of people have been told like maybe you're just kind of it's it's in your head or like it's it's more psychological right which is true but it doesn't mean it's not happening <laughs> 
So yes, making that connection and realization is really important so that you're not just feeling so dismissed and like you don't know what to do with yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I think just working in this field, there's so much hopelessness. And I want people to understand that like there is another side and I've experienced that other side. It's it's just like it's wild. So then you were talking about how one of the big insights for you was recognizing your shame and perfectionism mm-hmm. pattern leading to the stress in your body or lead, how do you see that leading to symptoms? Well, I think that, so I'm a chronic overthinker. I'm in my head constantly. And so a lot of what was coming up for me was a shame cycle after like social events. And I started noticing that I would I would go to a social event, I would communicate with people, I would have whatever, you know, good time, a bad time. Didn't matter how the event went, I would go home after and just ruminate on everything that I said. I was definitely like a perfectionist in the way that I wanted to present myself to the world. And I think holding all those expectations within me caused the symptoms in a sense because there was no release of them. I was just holding them in. And I was just in this constant state of shame. And when we're not recognizing that shame or perfectionism, it's well, when we're not consciously recognizing it, I will say it's happening unconsciously. And so that's when for people understanding this pattern, that's when our brains are saying, we don't want to feel that shame. We don't want to feel you know, those emotions, those beliefs that are happening unconsciously. So that's why we're going to kick on some of these symptoms like fatigue or brain fog to kind of just shut you down in a way. Fatigue is a way to shut us down, right? We're just unable to really move through and, and be in life. So that's how that pattern can happen. And I see this so often, especially in chronic fatigue and me patient or clients, people that struggle with it. For sure. That reminds me of the window of tolerance work that we were working on together and the like the different phases of the nervous system. What helps you in understanding the window of tolerance? I think it helped me see that there was a range of experience that my nervous system was able to safely respond to. And then there's and then once I fill up that window that's when I experience overwhelm and that's when my nervous system goes into a state of overwhelm. So sort of just understanding my own range and I'm still not there yet. I still don't know exactly like what that, what that line is, but just knowing the different stages of my nervous system and like that I have a window of tolerance has helped me just, just the awareness of that (laughs) has just helped me. Yeah, definitely. And so for those listening, the window of tolerance is basically the the window of available experiences that we can go through, we can experience in life and be okay with, be in a regulated state of our nervous system. When we're pushed outside that window of tolerance, which happens over time when we experience chronic stressors, whether that's mental health, emotional health, physical stressors. So that can be anything from like Epstein-Barr virus to a big life transition, to a loss, to anything that can stress our bodies out, that over time, that window shrinks. And so when people deal with chronic symptoms like fatigue or pain, our window is probably pretty small. And so anything that happens in our life 
And it can be small throughout the day, little stressors just push us outside of that. And we just, that's where we're dysregulated. That's where our stress response kicks on. And so I think Cindy's saying like, just understanding that helped her maybe think about or reflect on how to get more into that window. And what we do is help expand it basically through regulation techniques and tools. That's exactly it, Grace. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So you've mentioned that there were some of your aha or moments or kind of insights where you recognize the shame spiral, the perfectionism, understanding that window of tolerance really helped you. What else helped in recognizing that you can find relief from chronic fatigue by this work, through this work? I mean, there's so many exercises we did together that helped me. I will say that along with the ones I spoke about before, I really want to point out the red, yellow, green zone indicators exercise because I feel like that's been the biggest driver to my success is just understanding where I am and removing the shame that I'm feeling because there's a separation from my emotions and my body. There's this detachment in a sense where I don't put the shame on me anymore. It's like, no, it's just my nervous system. And there's a level of compassion that I can put on that, knowing that it's my nervous system that's activated right now. You know, if I'm noticing that, you know, I'm in a state of like hopelessness and and I'm just, you know, very tense and there's a lot of intrusive thoughts and, you know, shaming myself. Like I can say to myself, Sid, back up a sec. Like this isn't you. This is the red zone talking. And then that automatically like just adds so much compassion for myself and for my body that I can get out of that shame cycle. So I will say that's been one of the most healing exercises for me. I actually have the post-it right in front of me right now, the whole triangle with all of my symptoms in each zone. So I love that. I have a post and a video on exactly what she's describing And then actually, I'm going to have the founder of the Feel Good Scale come on the podcast. So looking forward to that soon. So I'll link all those things to get you a better idea because I can't go into all of it right now. But the idea is when we're learning about our nervous systems, we want to recognize our indicators of which zone that we're in. When we're in the stress response, when we're in the relaxation response, basically, those are the two. And then the stress response has a couple different zones. So when you can identify your indicators of a stressed out nervous system, then we can help you become aware of it and become a little bit more, as Sydney's saying, detached in a way to just recognize, oh, that's my nervous system that's a little stressed, provide compassion and help yourself through it. So that's why it's really important for us to understand like personally our nervous system stressed out indicators, like what symptom or what symptoms, emotions, thoughts, feelings are going on when we're in each zone. So yeah, that awareness is huge. And that's why it's some of the first thing I do with anyone in our program or individually. So yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out. That's a good one. Of course. Yeah. My favorite. And then just to touch on the most transformative practice that we did together. And this was during a session just one of you know our, our talk therapy sessions, you guided me through a meditation, which you call somatic tracking. And in that exercise, you cured me of my fatigue, my brain fog, the pain in my body. It was the most wild experience I've ever had. And I just recall like it, it's the most simple thing. 
And when <laughs> I remember at the end of um, our program, you asked us, you know, what what practices are we going to continue including in our life? And I said that one. And I just don't understand how it works, but it does. And it's really just sitting and staying present with what's showing up for you and just reminding yourself that you're safe as you're feeling these emotions. You're safe to stay in your body because I think that was something that I had to work on was feeling safe in my body. And when I didn't feel safe in my body, I would like dissociate and just remove myself. So I wasn't feeling the emotions that were happening inside of me. So that somatic tracking exercise, just like experiencing that, just sitting there and breathing through the emotions and then watching the emotions in my body just move and tracking their course. The wildest thing was when my fatigue just flew up out of my right eye. Don't know how else to describe it, but it was the weirdest sensation. And I I haven't had that same fatigue since. Hey friend, it's Grace. I know you're tired of feeling like managing your physical and mental health is just one big moving target. I also know that you've spent years of your life and hundreds of dollars on doctor's visits, juice cleanses, fad diets, and fancy supplements only to feel like nothing about your chronic symptoms has changed. If this sounds like you, consider this your invitation to find a holistic health protocol that works for you and your body, even if you have chronic symptoms, unhealed trauma, or a dysregulated nervous system. That's exactly what's waiting for you inside the Mind-Body Healing Method, my 12-week group program that's designed to help you say body your chronic symptoms through learning how to regulate your nervous system, retrain your brain, and heal unresolved trauma. Our clients have found relief from even the most chronic of symptoms, including fibromyalgia, sciatica, migraines, gut issues, and other uncomfortable symptoms without pills or a long list of rituals and regimens. If you'd like to learn more about our program, head over to the show notes and learn more. Because the truth is that there is a protocol that works for you. You just might not have found the right balance for your body yet. Now let's get back to the episode. I remember that specific moment. Yeah. <laughs> I truly, I do. And I want to say too, that it wasn't me. You were doing it. I was just leading you through a practice because it is just, it is a practice I record that I teach everyone to do. And you're right. It's actually very basic. But the idea actually to your point earlier is separating ourselves from whatever we're experiencing. That's the whole point, becoming neutral towards our sensations. And I say sensations specifically not pain or fatigue because pain or fatigue has a negative connotation to it, right? But if we say sensations, which is why it's called somatically tracking sensations, we're just becoming neutral to whatever's there, not making meaning of it, not attaching fear to it, not attaching issues, problems, whatever, just allowing ourselves to become aware, neutral, and let them pass by so they don't get so stuck. That's what happens in our symptoms. And that's what somatic tracking is. It's also, and I'll, I will also link that as well in the show notes. It's one of the basic tenets of pain reprocessing therapy, which is therapy I'm, I'm trained in and what a lot of the work that we do is in. And so, yeah, I, I will always remember that session. I remember your face lit up and it was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's gone. I didn't know that was possible. It was wild. After 10 yeah. years of experiencing symptoms like that and just one session, it's gone. It's gone. And like, you know, the 
the fatigue comes back from time to time. The brain fog comes back a little bit more. I would say like I'm actually experiencing brain fog this week because I've just had a stressful week, but they don't linger anymore. And I and when I recognize that they're coming up, I know what practices to use to support myself. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was just going to ask. How often do you still do somatic tracking? Do you still use those tools? I definitely, like I said, I have the red light. I call it red light, green light mm -hmm. um, in front of me at all times. So I, I always use that. I'm not the best at staying true to it, but when I do remember, it's very helpful. Somatic tracking, I don't follow your meditation anymore just because of the energy modality that I work with. I have to be a clear channel and just work with my own energy. So I do the essence of somatic tracking just, you know, as a self-guided meditation and that I do almost every day. Yeah, that's huge. It, yeah, definitely doesn't have to be my voice or anything that it's just the practice, the idea of becoming neutral, tracking yourself, becoming mindful and tracking those symptoms. You've always been interested in healthcare, your yoga teacher, you've been interested in energy, you do research and science. What was missing from your holistic way of living and research and what you're into that prevented you from making some progress in your symptoms? Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of ways that I can go about answering this. But I would say that the thing I was missing most, and I only recently realized this, is the structure. I think, mm -hmm. and you know, yoga philosophy provides a structure. I just, maybe it didn't resonate with me. I didn't you know, study it as hard as other people have where it's helped them. And then with energy healing, it's a bit different because the work that I do, it's not targeting anything specific. Like, so for instance, in Reiki, you can target specific organs, specific types of healing in Reiki. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm not a Reiki master, in Marconics, what we do is we connect the client with their higher self. And so your higher self is directing the type of healing that's necessary for you. And so I think that there was a lesson here for me as to why I couldn't get this type of healing through energy healing. And I almost want to say it's because I'm a very efficient person. I want to get to the end as quick as possible. It's just who I am. I just want to get to the end. But when you think about life, getting to the end means getting to the end of your life. Like, do you really want to be there just yet? You know, I'm 30 years old. I don't want to be at the end of my life just yet. So I think there was a lesson here for me as to like slow down and sort of simmer in life a little bit. Enjoy the this 3D world that we're living in. And instead of just trying to, you know, expand my consciousness every single day, what is that going to give me that's just going to continue separating me from other people? So I think in a very simple way of explaining all of this, I think essentially my higher self was saying, you have to do this the earth way. Do this tangibly understand the process, know what's going on, because I like to compare energy healing to like a session of therapy, because that's essentially what I would experience is I would do a Merconics no touch session. And 
The next day, I was looking at all of my problems at a bird's eye view. I could see so many different layers of a situation. It was just this higher perspective that you get sort of on, you know, psychedelics or mind altering drugs, but I wasn't taking any substance. This was all just consciousness streaming through. I think it just was the universe saying to me, Sid, slow down and just (laughs) stay in the present moment and just enjoy living on earth. That sounds fascinating. I'm super interested in that work. And if you've you know been here listening, you know I have all types of modalities that I use because truly I believe there's a physical, mental, emotional, spir- spiritual component to our healing. And yeah, as Sydney is noting, sometimes we do have to get into the structure, if you will, or kind of the details and the weeds of what's going on to help unravel some of what's going on in our brain and our nervous system. That to say, I truly do see all components as helpful. So once we can find more of a foundation in our bodies and less stress response, a lot of these other healing modalities can take you further. That's what I usually tell people. I was just talking actually to a um, functional NP the other day saying, that's exactly how I see this, right? We can make progress in our nervous system and retrain our brains to help us have a little bit more of a foundation so we're not Our bodies are literally not just like stuck and stressed out all the time. Then from there, all these other interventions can take us further, whether that is physical, functional medicine, whether that's energy healing, whatever it is. So yeah, thanks for explaining that because I think that's kind of where I'm summarizing or I'm taking it further, but that's what I'm hearing you say. Yes, definitely. And thanks everyone for receiving that. I don't usually talk about my esoteric stuff to just the open world. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I know there will be plenty of people that are interested. Yeah, it is. It is. It's vulnerable. So, okay, there's one one more question I want to ask around your progress. You sent me a, a screenshot of a little bit ago around, about your aura ring, and you noticed some details around it since we've been working together. Can you share that? I can. So... What I noticed was around heart rate variability, and I'm not going to go into the science of it, but what I'm going to say is that it's a measure of someone's stress level, and Grace will let you speak to it if you want to, but essentially what I noticed is that while we started working together, so I joined the program November of 2022, I want to say, right? Yeah, we're in 2024. I got my aura ring in August of that year. So I was able to see what my quote unquote baseline was prior to working with you. So from August to November. And then when we started working together, we began November to, I want to say we stopped working together in March. I took a break and then I started doing sessions with you again in May or June, I want to say. And so what I saw was I direct correlation between working with you and my heart rate variability. And my heart rate variability, I forget the exact measures, but I want to say it went up five to 10 points. It wasn't just like, you know, one or two variations. Like it was pretty significant for me. And obviously, you know, it's not a linear line. It's not like it's always increasing. There would be months where, you know, I'd have a higher heart rate variability and then other months where it dipped back down. And that's honestly usually what it does. It's like an ebb and flow. But what I noticed was during that period when I was working with you, it was substantially higher than my baseline. When we stopped working together, 
it would always go back down. And so we've, I think we've been doing like once a month sessions uh, since I got married in October. And they're obviously they're helpful, but we haven't been doing them to the same extent. Whereas like when I was in the program and so over the holidays, I noticed my heart rate variability went back down and I'm back at like the baseline I was two years ago. So now it's just being aware of that so I can continue to add things, add more tools, add more feel-good activities into my day to sort of get me back into that space. There, Yeah, exactly. I will mention first that heart rate variability, to her point, is in a simplistic form, it is a measure of stress. So when you have a higher heart rate variability, you want to have a higher one, your essentially your baseline and your nervous system, your heart rate is a little bit lower. It's not so stressed and loved. But when it is lower, there's a little bit more stress. So sometimes that's a little confusing because you don't think of wanting something higher, right? But you do when it comes to heart rate variability. So it was just, it was fascinating. It was just like, oh my gosh, literally from November to I think March, like you're saying, it truly went up. And I will note this too, is that the point is not to continue working together forever to help that, right? I don't want that to necessarily be the message, but at the same time, noting what helps us when we work together so you can repeat that outside of, well, just in your daily life, right? Which is super important. So thanks for sharing that. I think that was fascinating. You're welcome. Just the transformations I've seen, I hope that anyone else who is going through similar symptoms or just, you know, fatigue, pain that I was going through has some hope that there are ways that you can heal from this and like have great days where there's no pain, no brain fog, no fatigue. There is another side. Thank you for saying that because I can talk about it all day long, but it's really helpful to hear from someone who's truly gone through it. Who's not me. Right. (laughs) For sure. Thank you. Yeah. Problem. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One more thing. And well, you've touched on this a little bit. So I guess I'll ask, will you add anything to what you've been doing and sustaining your progress? Like what are some important things that you keep doing? So the first thing I'll say is, and this goes back to even before working with you, I've been doing this probably my whole life. um, And that's journaling. I never really saw it as something that helped me that much until the last few years. For me as a kid, it was a way for me to like vent to someone that was, you know, not a friend. I can share all my secrets too. And I think over the years, I just developed this practice where I would just say all the things I couldn't say to anyone in this diary of mine. And over the years, it turned into a brain dump. And it's just been a really fascinating journey to see my own journey written words over the years, because I can go back to when I was in first grade and just see, you know, who Sydney was back then. Journaling is one of my favorite practices that I will continue to use for the rest of my life. And the second thing I want to touch on is this exercise that you gave me too. And I don't think this is part of your program, but it was trying to find my authentic code words for just navigating life. And that also goes into the structure of of things like just adding a foundation that I can work off of in my life. So nailing down my four authentic code words and being able to make decisions based off of that has been life-changing 
I feel so much more clear now in my ability to make decisions. It's been wild. So I highly recommend figuring out your code words, your authentic code words, if you haven't already. Yeah, actually it is now. We're putting in a practice to help identify our words that are authentic to us, but really it it's similar to identifying your values and your purpose and what's important to you in life and then acting from that. Because often we see when we keep dismissing ourselves throughout probably most of our life when we are trying to live in a way that's probably, probably we've been taught from either society, family, friends, whatever it may be. It's not our authentic way of living. It's not, doesn't actually meet our purpose and our needs in life. So when we can identify actually what's more true to ourselves, then our bodies can actually feel more safe. It can feel more grounded, can feel more, have that stronger foundation to where then you make decisions from those values, from that authentic, those authentic words for yourself. So yeah, it actually is in the program now because it's super, super valuable. And I'm glad that really helped you. I'm so glad to hear that because yeah, it's it's helped me significantly. Yeah. Yeah. It's been wild. It's been a wild journey working with you, really. <laughs> it's been so amazing to see. So, so amazing. I oh, I love it. And I'm just so grateful for you to come and share your journey because I know it is it is vulnerable to do to share your story, but I really appreciate it. And I know people will get a lot from this as well. Thank you. It is one of my, I don't want to say a New Year's resolution, but one of my goals for the year was to be more vulnerable and to share more of myself. So thank you for inviting me on and allowing me to do that. You are welcome. One last question I like to ask everyone. What are you musing on right now in your wellness journey? What's lighting you up? It could be anything. Right now, I want to say mindfulnesses. I used to study mindfulness a bunch and some reason got away from it. It is so damn helpful. I compare it a lot to energy healing where it kind of gives you a detached view of like a situation, like a, that objective view, bird's eye view. So it's been really fun going back to that. Nice. Wonderful basic practice, but well, I say basic. I love my basic practices. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> the thing is, they're so powerful. Some of the most That's basic exactly practices are just so powerful. So yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Thanks, Sydney. No problem. Thank you, Grace. If this podcast means something to you, it would mean so much to me if you could do these couple things. One, go to the Heal with Grace show page wherever you listen and tap the plus sign or click on the follow button so you don't miss an episode. It helps both of us out. While you're there, if you could give a five-star review so that this podcast can reach more people, it would mean so much to me so I can continue sharing episodes that help you as well as others. Thanks for listening, and I hope this brings you hope on your journey.